Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we're going to be talking about the 1977 film Suspiria. Now, this is going to be a slightly different show. We usually do like first time watches around here. Uh, but Brett had an idea for a new series, uh, which I guess I will let him sort of describe it to you if you would like to. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be part of something that I think we're going to call uh, From the Deep Classics, where we start kind of covering some more classic uh, movies, uh, movies that people have seen, not so much uh, giving information on whether or not you should or should not watch it, though there will be some of that in here. But this is more going to be just kind of, I think, our take on on movies that are popular movies that are not new not coming out um i am a big fan of a lot of older movies uh, but not necessarily like 70s necessarily but movies that have been out for a while um more than a year or two so uh so yeah we're gonna start calling this from the deep classics and start getting into movies that um i think a lot of people have seen and enjoyed and just kind of giving our takes on it yeah, because like I said, we usually do first time watches around here, at least one of us. Um, now, with that being said, it is Brett's first time watching Suspiria, right? True. Th that is true. Okay. It's not only my first time watching Suspiria. This is my first time watching a Dario Argento movie. That's insane to me. There's um, so many good Argento movies we need to get you on. Holy crap. All right, well, we'll talk about that as we get wow. into this. Um, so I don't know, you're Italian, but are you super into Italian horror or giallos or any of that stuff at all? No, um, but simply because um, I have an issue with overdubbed movies, um, simply because I feel like a lot, not a lot gets lost in translation, but I feel like so often when you have a movie that is dubbed, the, the voice acting is so nearly unbearably cheesy that I just can't get into them half the time. Uh, Korean horror movies are a little bit different. I don't know what's going on over in Korea and why they seem to put so much more emphasis on having good voice actors dub their movies. But I find, especially with older movies, the dubbing is usually very cheesy. The, uh, the voice actors, you can tell they don't have the same energy as what the actors may have had while they're actually in the scene, both in their heads and physically on set. And so that's kind of where my issue Issue comes in with a lot of foreign films yeah I mean there's definitely some of that in here I don't know oh yeah I don't know what where did you watch this I watched this on Tubi and I gotta say <laughs> okay um, I actually I actually am finding that I really like watching movies on Tubi because the commercial breaks allow me to kind of add notes without sitting there while I'm watching the movie and doing it um, it also allows me to kind of like dissect the movie in chunks without ruining the flow of what's going on I watched this on Blu-ray. Um, now I will say my biggest issue with Tubi is that they're um, the very max of what you can watch is 720, um, yeah. and so everything is almost always super blurry. Now with older yeah. movies like this, that doesn't necessarily make it bad. But what right. I will say is watching the uh, I think it's the Synapse. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the the Synapse release that I have on Blu-ray. Um, it is insane looking, and it's got the the new 4K uh, transfer on it, but it's also got the four 
the four channel audio mix, the new, the brand new four channel remix audio on it. Mm-hmm. And dude, it is crazy how good it looks and sounds. So well, I, I think we I, had I, very, very different experiences watching the same movie here. I, I, I actually would say that I don't think we did because um, the issues I had with this movie are not related to the sound, voice acting, or uh, picture quality. Well, no, I'm not. We'll I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that um, I have watched this movie both on Tubi and on Blu-ray, and I know what it looks like on Tubi versus what it looks like on Blu-ray, and it is mm-hmm. night and day. Like it's just yeah. insane how different a disc can look versus a 720 streaming. So anyway, right. um, why don't you go ahead and give us a synopsis of Suspiria from 1977? So Suspiria is about a girl named Susie from America who goes to Germany uh, to attend a world-renowned dance school and runs into some supernatural happenings in what has got to be the most surreal setting I have watched in a very, very long time. Yeah, that's definitely what this movie is known for. It's kind of like a weird, like, nightmare dream. Like- yeah, and we're going to get into that because um, the um, uh, without giving away too much, the visual aesthetic is both... Um, uh, how do I put this? The, the 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 visual aesthetic is what makes this movie what it is, but it's also uh, lends itself to some of the issues I had. Not the main ones. And to be clear, I did not have a lot of issues with this movie, but the issues I did have uh, do fall under the uh, visual aesthetic in certain parts. Well, have you seen the remake? No. Uh, I have not. I've heard, uh, Brittany has watched this and the remake, and from what she said, they are drastically different movies. Wildly different movies, yeah. Um, I also saw the runtime for the new one, um, so there's a good chance I won't be checking it out this week. <laughs> Why not? What is it? It's two and a half? It's is that what it is? It's 152 minutes okay, yeah. of, that sounds uh, right. uh, of mind fuck, and I uh, again, it's not that I don't like movies that are that long. It's that setting aside time for movies that are that long is not always uh, a feasible task for me. And so that's more why I say that. Well, I will say that the uh, new one is not nearly as mind fucky as okay. the, the original is, uh, which is part of the reason I think a lot of the hardcore old school fans didn't like it as much, but at the same time, it's kind of also praised as kind of in the same way that the Elijah Wood Maniac remake is where it's like, you know, they, they take the idea, but they do their own thing with it, which in my opinion is if you're going to do a requel remake, whatever the fuck they're calling them these days, uh, that's kind of how you have to do it and, and kind of do it in its own way while still paying, you know, respects to the original, but okay. Oh, boy. Um, so why don't we jump over to the podcast drive in here, uh, Suspiria from 1977. It is rated R it's an hour and 32 minutes. It has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. This is from director Dario Argento. It was written by Dario Argento. I'm sorry for screwing these up. Daria Nicolodi. Nickelodeon? It's all right. Nickelodeon. Uh, Thomas DeQuincy and it stars Jessica Harper, Stefania. Stefania. (laughs) Stefania Cassini and Flavia Bucci. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. 
I'm so fucking bad with names, and then you start throwing fucking Italian names at me. Fucking Italian names. I did. Easy. Easy. And the uh, one sentence synopsis on IMDb is an American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. I want to know how the fuck you feel about this, because this is th this movie is fucking weird. It's yeah. super fucking weird. It's artsy, but it's but it's like when I think of art house stuff, this is the kind of shit that I think of. Older movies from the 70s, super, super, uh, super colorful, really out there, super deep. And and it's just kind of all over the fucking place. Like we were saying earlier, it feels kind of like a nightmare movie. And I know that's yeah. not typically your jam. So no, it's not. Um, I, uh, I, I want to be clear. I did enjoy this movie. Um, it's uh, it's supernatural horror. And that is right up my alley. Um, it is beautifully shot, um, except for uh, a few instances here or there, um, which we're going to get into. Um, it, the, the use of colors is, um, uh, is, is very, very well done, although sometimes it's a little overboard. Um, it, it, at a certain point in this movie, I found myself going, okay, we get it. We realize you know what red and blue is. Um, I, I, I felt that, uh, Dario Argento is the Oprah of lighting gels. Just you get a gel, you get a gel. Everybody gets a gel. Yeah, but it's not and for no reason. That's the thing no, is that uh, well, every that's, single, that's, every single time you see one of those colors, it is for a reason. It's so not just it out of for, nowhere. It, it is for a reason, but there are times when it is, um, unbelievably excessive. Um, there are a couple shots in the hallway where I get it. The light is coming in from the stained glass, which has red on it. But that red also has other colors in there. And yet we have a hallway that is just flooded. See, you're, focus red. you're focused on the, the technicality of the colors while he right. while I think he was focused on what those colors meant and not necessarily the actual source of those colors. Right, but like, like there are times where I get he's using red to denote uh, danger, but well, it's, it's, it's not just danger; it's it's evil in general. I understand. I, I understand that, but again, like I said, at a certain point, um, it, it's it's kind of like the use of neon in uh, in John Wick. Um, at a certain point, I've never seen I, John Wick, um, so I don't know. So John Wick uses a lot of neon lighting, and I'm sitting here going like, "Okay, I I, I get it. Your lighting department had access to Kino flow tubes. That's 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 great. I'm this, happy this, for you." But this is what I'm saying: is you're focused on the technicality of it, and I don't no, know. I'm what not. The no, light, I'm not focusing I, I on the technicality. I'm focusing on the usage of the technical abilities. Right. No, that's but what that, I'm that's that's on. exactly what I'm saying: is that every time we see a color in Suspiria, it means something. Something. I don't know. Right. I don't know what the colors in John Wick mean, but I can't imagine it's nearly as deep as that. Um, no, because it's th not. that's a newer movie. And I definitely agree. Newer stuff. Every goddamn person is like, I bought an LED light. Look at how look, I can turn yes. it purple. Uh, yeah. and, and I totally agree with you there. But on this movie specifically, every single time a color is used, it is for a reason. And it's yeah. not just no, light. I, it's it's that I, specific color in general. I agree. I'm just saying 
it's a little much at times. Like we have rooms that are completely flooded in green and, uh, it, and that's fine. I get that we're using it. I understand what colors mean in a movie. I'm just saying I feel like it's there there are times and it's again not the whole movie, just certain points in the movie I felt like it was almost overused. Um there are there are a couple shots with her friend um whoever Susie's roommate and not Olga but the Sarah. second girl Sarah there's uh, there's shots where the whole room is flooded in green, but then when we cut away, it's coming from one green light source, and we cut to an almost like naturalistic lighting with a tinge of green used to denote what's going on. Um, that's how I like the use of artistic stylized uh, colors, where we have almost like natural lighting with a with an addition of color. Um, but I do get what he's going for, um, but that's why I'm saying it's not my style, it's not what I'm super into, but that doesn't mean it was bad or good, it means that he's using it in his own way, and I can't really fault anybody for that. Well, I, again, I think it's more about how he's using it, and not necessarily right. the technicality of... No, again, but I'm not talking it's, about the technicality of it. I'm not talking about the color existing or not existing. I'm talking about the abundance of that color again, in a but, certain setting. No, I, to I totally understand what you're saying, but you're completely missing the point of what I'm saying here is whenever he's using that it is for a specific reason. Every single time right. that we see green, we're having a conversation about the shit that is red green is the complementary color to red and so every time we see something that's green we're having knowledge dropped on us every time we right. see something red something evil is approaching every time we see something blue it is i've seen i've seen several people say that it's a mark for death it's impending death um there's a couple other things that you could use here for it uh yellow is is an is a sign of escape um, and, and there are things like this and it's the lilies. It goes to the lilies toward the end of the film. Every single color that is used in this movie are those are the same colors as those lilies. And every single one of those colors means something. And yes, it is excessive, but that is the point. You got to remember that this is an art house movie and it's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be like, ah, yes, that green color is coming from this light source. And no, oh my I, God, I, it's too much I, green again, and shit like that. It's just a matter of, of when we're seeing it, what it means. And, and yes, it's excessive, but the excessiveness is the point of that light. And so that's, that's the big thing that so I, I have how seen does people. The excessive, how does the excessiveness of the light denote more or less that color? The more red we see, the more impending evil that is coming after us. Like for instance, okay. when we're in the headmistress's room and she looks in that mirror and the fucking girl that runs the, the ballet classes is surrounded by red while the rest of that room i think it's blue maybe i'm wrong about that but maybe no it's white because it's that because it's that weird um which room was that the headmistress's room with the weird painting on it with the lilies in it oh and stuff. yeah yeah so yeah, she's yeah. looking in that mirror and it's red because she is getting that fucking evil vibe from her and it's stuff like that the more red that we see the more evil that we get if you start looking if you really i've seen this movie four dozen times probably and when you really start to notice and you know what's coming if you pay attention to how much light he is flooding into specific things uh it really starts to 
all of it, all of it really starts to make sense, especially with the blue and shit like that. If we, if we take it, if we take blue as base reality, that's one thing. Like I said, I've seen other people say that blue is a mark for death. Like when Sarah jumps into that fucking, that room full of, <laughs> that room full of uh, what is Dude, supposed that, to be razor wire, I think. That is the only scene in this movie. The, the only scene in this movie where I went, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why is there a it, room it, full of razor wire? No, not just why is there a room full of <laughs> razor wire, but why does she <laughs> into it? Like she just, you're going to tell me she didn't see it when it's the room? <laughs> like the room might as well had no structural beams and just been a sea of barbed wire. It's And again, I want to make it very clear. This is the only scene that made me do that the only uh, let, let, let's get into the only let, let, let's real quick just touch on the issues i did have with this movie and their specific scenes they're not issues throughout the movie they're not like, like, like they're not ingrained into the substance of what the movie is there's specific scenes i had an issue with um i had an issue with that I have an issue with the absolutely lack of sense of urgency that Sarah and that Sarah seems to have when she's being chased. When she's stacking these boxes, she's almost doing it quietly like she's trying to hide. Like, bitch, that thing already knows where you're at. Get the fuck out of the room. She's moving so slowly. And the same thing with Susie um, at the very, very end. She is moving so slowly when an entire... Complex is falling around her and she's moving so unbelievably slowly. Those are the two issues I have. The third, the third issue, the only, the only other thing I really had an issue with is this scene with the psychiatrist at the uh, convention. Um, there are shots in here that, um, and I, I know this is going to piss you off. Um, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. There are angles and shots in here that felt amateur um, in this one scene. It's the only scene, and it stood out to me because so much of this movie, the entirety of this movie is shot beautifully. The, um, uh, I don't know why we're talking about Argento and not the cinematographer, honestly, um, but the, th this scene just has shots that felt like he didn't really know which angles he wanted to use, and it almost like, felt like he was switching angles mid-scene. Um, it's the only time I felt like that, but it stood out to me like a sore thumb because so much of this movie is shot so wonderfully. Well, I, I don't claim to be a Suspiria know-it-all, but if I had to guess, I would say that some of that may be a transfer issue, but I don't know. I really, okay. I'm really not sure. Because um, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's weird Dutch angles and it's shots where it's, they're pointing straight up. It's super zoomed in. I know exactly so what you're talking about. It's, it, it's, it, it's there. It's, there are moments in that scene that are super yeah. fucking weird and stand out like a sore thumb for sure. Well, and they don't seem intentional. That was the thing that stood out to me is they don't seem to add anything to the scene. It's almost like um, 
it's almost like he had an on-the-fly idea and just started doing it. Um, like the like the over-the-shoulder we get, where we get this zoom in, and the back of the psychiatrist's head is in the center Super of weird. the screen. Yeah. And it, 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 it's not, I was sitting there the whole time going like, okay, what's he trying to tell me right now? What is he trying to tell me? And if we were zooming in on Susie while she's talking, we're supposed to be focusing more on her, and I get that. But we get this weird, like, every time it cuts back to him, it's almost like it's, further in on his scalp and it drew so much attention to the back of his head that it almost pulled me out of what was happening well, it's slightly in focus um, too if i remember correctly um there's also <laughs> where he pushes in past them and then focuses in on their reflection mm -hmm. and that adds nothing to the scene it, and so i don't you understand can see the fucking camera too you can see the can that's what I'm saying is like that dude that scene almost felt like he had a sick day and handed it off to like the AC or something like that and so that was one of those times that that was one of those the only scene where I sat here and I went this is Argento, right? Like, like this guy's supposed to be like the Kubrick of Italy. And and that's the other thing I gotta say is um, this movie gave me crazy Kubrick vibes. Now, that could be because Kubrick is my favorite director of all time. Um, but I got major, major Kubrick vibes from this. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Um, I would also say that... <laughs> Argento has a lot of uh, swings and there are several misses. He is not hit all the time. Uh, and I, some I, other people may disagree with me on that, but there are several of his movies, especially his latest one. I can't, it's like dark glasses or black glasses. I can't remember the name of it. I saw it once and I did not care for it that much. Um, they, he, he makes some movies that I am not a huge fan of. Um, mm -hmm. And so there are moments in this movie where it definitely feels where it definitely feels like this is the guy that everybody praises. But at the same time, I think if we look at it as a as a whole, um, it is a massive, massive hit instead of a miss oh, totally. on this. Absolutely. And, and this is the, this movie in from the very very first shot. This and Deep Red and um, a couple of others, uh, dude, I they're just incredible. And I can see where somebody who's never seen any of his other movies looks at scenes like that and go, what the fuck? But you also got to remember this is the seventies. Um, mm -hmm. and it's before a lot of the tropes that we know now existed. And it is also Italy, which is an entirely different world and an entirely different way of making films. And so sure. when you're watching, when you're watching, especially old school giallos and horror out of Italy, you really have to, this is a, this is a part of the reason that so many people can't get into giallos and stuff is because it is an entirely different way of making movies. And, and it is not, you and I are super used to modern day. Um, even, even, even back in the day, I guess, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, we're super used to the American way of making movies. And mm -hmm. when you see stuff like that in, in Argento's movies, generally speaking, you can chuck it up to stuff like that. Now, what you're saying well, is completely least, valid, though, because that, I was gonna say, that's, especially that's not, that zoom in on the back of his head is so fucking weird. I totally understand covers, what you're saying. It covers her face yeah. the more it goes yeah. on. 
Like it's almost like because that's not a transfer thing. That is the that is the camera yeah. was moved over to the side to cover more her, of her face, and I cannot figure out for the life of me what the fuck he's trying to tell me by doing that. And it it's the again, like I said, it's the only time I felt like it 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 felt very amateur. Yeah. But it's the only part of this movie that I felt that way. Like literally the only point. There is something to really be said by the fact that I know something is wrong from the very get-go um due to the soundscapes. Oh dude, now, yeah. So I, the, this is the thing. I, I did you also know notice the color grade slightly switches when she comes out of the airport? Uh because yeah. when we're switching from POV to her Whenever we go into POV, we get the we get the song and then it switches back and we get silence and then we switch back mm. and it goes into the song. And when we zoom up into those automatic doors, when those doors open up, the color grade slightly switches. It's a bit more contrasty. It's a bit brighter. Um, and and there are so many little filmmaking tricks in here like that to let you know what is happening without just coming out and saying it the way some fucking Marvel movie or some shit would. <laughs> Which is just, well, that, that's the kind of filmmaking that that's the reason that people praise Argento is because right. of moments like that. And it's grating I, I, and it's weird and you don't expect it right off the bat like that. And especially the first time you watch it, you don't know what is what is happening and you have no idea how what he is doing relates to what's going to be happening later. But it but it fucking works. Whether you've seen this movie before or not, you can tell immediately that wherever she is, is a fucking place of weird, dark magic. And I fucking love that. Well, and another thing that we really need to touch on is uh, the uh, lens usage. Uh, yeah. The, um, th he, is, he really, really, really leans into lens distortion in this. Um, the first time we really notice it is when all of the girls are sleeping. In <laughs> okay, we have to touch on this. But the, 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 the part that you really notice it is when they're all sleeping in the, um, in the dormitory yeah. that, or the, they, they turn like the gymnasium or whatever it is into a dormitory. Um, I, do, I do love how the headmistress is like, oh, no, 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 no. The maggots are only a problem where the students are sleeping. It's fine. It's just where the girls sleep. It's fine. There's no problem. It's like, that's the biggest issue. Like, the only bigger problem is the fucking kitchen. Like, so maybe a little bit more sense of urgency, or maybe she just is like, ah, fuck them. But th that's where I really, really noticed that lens distortion because we see these, we see the beds. If you really pay attention, it's easy to notice in the beds because they're straight lines. Yeah. But you really notice that as they come into frame, the beds shrink. And it's really used to show, um, in my opinion, the unease and the nervousness and the um, the anxiety of the girls dealing with this. But we also see it at we really, really notice it at the end, too. But that's the thing is so many of these shots are done with wide angle lenses, super wide angle, yeah. even the. Even the lens distortion isn't there all the time, which means even the lens distortion is intentional. Um, again, this is why the psychiatrist scene boggled my mind so much because I'm like, dude, so much of this movie has been intentional. 
What the fuck is that? Well, I mean, you gotta, let's think about it. Like, she's out in the real world for the very first time in that scene. She's not yep. in the real world in any other moment. And so doing weird stuff like that may be a re may, he may be trying to make you feel uneasy and weird out in normal everyday life, because that is the only scene outside of the Academy. And so mm -hmm. that may be part of it. The other part of it may no, be that Daniel it just, too. It just that what there's Daniel too. When Daniel gets eaten by the dog. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. Either way, I don't know. I, I think that focusing in on, on specific stuff like that is good, but at the same time, um, don't let it, don't let it impact the yeah. way you feel about the movie. Right. It's just, it, it, it's something that stood out so much, but again, let's recap. It stood out so much because of the high quality of the uh, rest of the 90 or 85 minutes of this movie. So that's why it stood out. Well, I, what I want to know is what you thought of, thought of the plot, because the plot is the big thing here that is kind of mind fucky. Um, and the way we were talking about the lights earlier, um, the weirder, the weirder that the plot gets, the weirder and stronger the lighting starts to get, especially when we have when we have Sarah running away and you can see red, blues, greens and yellows all in the same fucking hallway and stuff. I think that that's a really that's a good representation of everything getting, being super confusing and being super congealed together and not understanding what is happening. And there's not a clear cut line between good and evil and clarity and real world and, and nightmare and all of that stuff. And, and the way that the lighting plays into the plot is so fucking impressive to me. And the, uh, also the way that he was doing this years before anybody else was doing it. And right, when you really, right. and, when you, yeah. when you start to notice how many other people have tried to steal that thing that he accomplishes in Suspiria? You really start to figure out like nobody's fucking original. Everything comes from somewhere. And Argento is that guy that every every aspiring like art house elevated horror person looks to and goes, how would he fucking do this? And so Literally every every French film student on the planet. Exactly. And and dude, even now, even fucking every single low budget indie art house movie. I want to know how you felt about the plot, because the plot is weird. It's fucking weird. And it's this goes back to the Italian like, thing that they, they are I, not super in your face with what they're trying to say all the time. Italian right. movies tend to be a little bit more subtle in what they're trying to say and how they're saying it. And so it's not nearly as in your face with it. Well, let's say this. I can see why my grandmother never told me about Argento, not up her alley. Um, <laughs> but no, um, the whole, I got to be honest, the whole witches thing felt a little weak to me. Um, I'm not, mm, I don't know. It just felt like, I, I, I felt like it was, I feel like so much effort was put into every aspect of this movie that I, first of all, I am not a big fan of the whole idea that all witches are evil kind of thing. Um, uh, because it, it honestly, to me, it feels like the, uh, the Christian idea, idea of what witches are. Uh, but the, the witches aspect of the movie just felt, I don't want to say lazy cause it's not lazy at all by any means underdeveloped. Uh, uh, underdeveloped is a good way of putting it. Um, uninspired, I feel like is a good way of putting it. Um, 
I just didn't buy, I, I, I just wasn't into that whole thing. Um, and it might be because there isn't really a supernatural aspect to it because they're not worshiping a supernatural force. They're worshiping, it's humans worshiping another human witch. And that to me just felt um, a little meh. But at the same time, um, I did kind of like the backstory. I'd almost like a backstory into the witch that started all of this. Well, I will um, say now, the, with the that thing said, that the modern, on, on, the modern Suspiria does that, what you're talking about, in a much better way, in my opinion. Okay. So, um, on a side note, I have heard some people say that the new Suspiria is better than the original. Um, Those people are idiots. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I don't have that opinion. I don't have an opinion on the new one. Come However, <laughs> with 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 that, yeah, go after him for a fucking change. I'm not Christ. wrong. The original is better than the prequel or than the sequel um, um, or remake, but the the remake's very very strong regardless. However, I will say the sequel popped up after this did, um, and I did start Inferno uh, last night after I watched this. Um, I did not finish it because I got shit to do. However, I did see the beginning of it. And in the context of this being a trilogy, the witch's thing is less inspired. However, in the context of this as a movie, it just felt very run of the mill. Okay, that aspect of it, that aspect of it, not again, not the whole movie, because I already know I've said things that some of you art house cinephiles are going to come at me for fucking go ahead. I don't care. But that part of it, I was just kind of like, mm. I mean, but at the same time, what else are you going to do? Like, it, th that's the other thing. That's what's so confounding about it is like, to me, it almost felt uninspired. But at the same time, it's like that makes the whole thing make sense, though. Well, okay, so yes, A, uh, Suspiria is part of a trilogy, um, and B, I will say, now I am, I'm a much bigger fan of Fulci, okay, Argento's good, uh, but we need to get used on some fucking Fulci and the Gates of Hell and shit like that. That is the stuff I think that you would like a lot more because it's not Isn't nearly he like way gory. It's way gorier. It's not nearly as high minded, uh, but the 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 substance is still there. Um, now, the the three mothers is what you're talking about. The the trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's yep. Suspiria, Inferno. And what is the other one? I can't think of Mother of Tears. Is that right? Sounds right. Let me look it up. Hang on. You make sure I know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Mother of Tears, um, which is the final one from Argento's trilogy. That is the one I've never seen, um, but I have seen Inferno. And you got to realize Suspiria is 1977, Inferno is 1980, and Mother of Tears is 2007. 2007. And so there is this massive gap in what he was making, and he only got older uh, and, you know, not necessarily better, in my opinion. In my opinion. No, that is not <laughs> just your opinion. That is a pretty dude. So I did some research after going into this because I knew he goes downhill I, the older he gets. And that's not I to say he we didn't were, make good shit in his older in his later years or hasn't made shit in his later years, but 
I knew that we were going into a movie and a director here that has um, the term cult following doesn't really seem to cover it accurately. Um, I knew we were going to that. So I started doing a little deep diving. And um, first of all, from what I can tell, most of his movies are critically acclaimed in retrospect. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of the old I, school Italian stuff is like that because they didn't now, get massive releases internationally in the in the same way that later down the road with home video and all that other shit made them more commercially available. So I, while doing some research and some deep diving, it is widely it's a very popular opinion that basically the Phantom of the Opera was kind of the start of his downfall. Dracula 3D, bro, is oh, oh my, my god. god! He did, he did Dracula 3D. Hang on. Oh no! Oh no! You can just no. look. You can just look at it and tell. This this is a real fucking stinker. <laughs> this is a really fucking bad movie okay. that I did not I, like. Now, granted, I haven't I'm seen thinking, this in a while, but. I'm thinking Dracula 2000, by the way. No, That's what I was okay, no, 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 no. I, I, I was, I was like, actually I was surprised like, that you would, like, Dracula 3D, what? No, no. Uh, uh, first of all, first of all, people, 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 stop making 3D movies. Nobody wants them. Nobody needs them. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. Well, he was... Like, like, like every, every 3D... The only way you justify releasing a 3D movie is if it also comes with a bag of mushrooms or a vial of acid. <laughs> because it's the only reason... The only reason to watch it is under the influence of drugs. Otherwise, it doesn't do anything. I'm going to disagree because opinion. I saw the new Guardians in 3D and it was great. So, take that. Hippie. Oh look, a little turd. It spells marble. <laughs> oh, weird. You know, usually I would agree with you, but the the new Guardians is is very very good. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. I Argento's great, and and you know. Suspiria is a literal masterpiece. I think that there is very little to tear apart here in terms yeah. of like technicality or even in the script or the acting at, at moments, you know, there are moments in here where it really feels terrible, but I, I, again, you got to chalk some of that up to it being Italian and some of that stuff getting lost in translation or at the very least, uh, the emotion, uh, is not portrayed in the same way on film that, that we're used to and stuff like mm -hmm. that. A lot of that pops up, but dude, all in all, I don't know, man, this thing is, is as close to a 10 out of 10 for me that you can get in 19 in like, especially late seventies. Like there's a lot of really shitty horror movies co that come out of the seventies. Uh, there's, there's equally as much good stuff I would say. Uh, but there's a lot of really just bad shit that came out of the seventies. And Suspiria is one of those movies that not only made the, what follows it, um, especially in the art house world, 
uh, stronger, but it but what it also did is leaves a but it also leaves a massive legacy for Argento to consistently fail to live up to. I think that's the big thing that with with this movie is he he almost shot his wad too fucking early. And this is a literal fucking masterpiece that he would never, ever, uh, you know, uh, there's some other stuff. Yes! Deep Red. Oh, no. <laughs> deep, yeah. Deep Red. And there's dude, there's some really strong movies that he's made. Um, deep Red is, I think, my favorite other than Suspiria. Um, and we should we should definitely watch that one of these days. But I just think that when we're talking about Argento, it's hard to live up to something like this that even outside of Italy is is hailed as like a masterpiece of cinema and a specifically thriller Shiny. and horror. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, Oof. They, It's American art house. <laughs> That's true. Elevated, it is. Yeah. Elevated American art house. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it right now. The shining is the best movie of the seventies. In my opinion, as far as horror goes anyway, um, the shining is from 1980. <laughs> I, I, I may have been going off of aesthetic there. So I'm wrong. I mean, I'm it was made sorry. in 79. I'm sure. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I, I don't know the. Um, I did think it was 1979, by the way. Well, that's I do that with Maniac a lot where I'm like, this is like a 78, 79. I think it's an 81 movie, but it feels. Are you sure The Shining was 1980? I just looked it up. Yeah. OK. OK. The Shining 1980. Yeah. OK. Um, no, it's I do that got, a lot with Maniac where I think it's a 70s movie. But it's, all over it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I, I, I'm glad you like this, man. This is, this is a movie that I, yep. that I've been telling you to watch for eight years, probably at this point where I'm just like, you gotta watch fucking Suspiria. And, and it sounds like you enjoyed it. I did. I, 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 I did enjoy it. Um, again, it did nothing for my issue with foreign films, which is not the fact that they are foreign films. Although, I mean, really, I mean, these Dagos making movies, I mean, He's Italian. Okay. <laughs> He's Italian. Relax. <laughs> um, no, but no, in all, in all seriousness, it's, it's incredible. It was, it was, it, it was incredible. It has, I, it's, I've got my issues with it. Um, but overall, but again, those are case by case bases within the movie itself. Overall, it's a phenomenal movie. It really is. The one thing it did nothing for, it did not improve whatsoever, is the main issue I have with foreign films, which is the really bad overdubs. Um, it's the, 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 the acting is, the voice acting is cheesy, but it's also the 70s. The acting itself was cheesy. I mean, go watch, go watch pretty much any movie from that era and the acting was cheesy. And it's because just like the standards for cinematography were different then, the standards and the methods and the, the, the nature of acting was just different in general. Um, if we, I just Googled is Suspiria shot in English and this says, God, I hate when it does that. 
Uh, it says, contrary to conventional wisdom that Suspiria is entirely post-synced, the English language mix is not entirely dubbed. And so the you people tell. the people that are speaking English, it's super obvious. And the people that are not, it is super obvious. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, I mean, you can see, but you can tell like they're even, that they're speaking like half English, half Italian sometimes. Um, you can tell like with the cab driver, there's a couple scenes where you can see that he's speaking, I, I assume he's speaking German. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that was the thing I started reading is he always did or always does. I'm talking like he's dead. Um, uh, yeah, he's I always, think he's still uh, making movies. I think he's still he's doing still, one right the now. The dude's still alive. Yeah. Um, he's he uses multi. I mean, the, the lead character in this is Jessica Harper. Uh, the uh, uh, Madam Blank is, uh, which is, it's spelled Blanc, but it's pronounced Blank. It really threw me off. That and how they say occult really threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's Joan Bennett. Uh, for anybody that's watched Dark Shadows, um, I watched the hell out of Dark Shadows as a kid. And to, again, for anybody that's pissed off about the comment that I made, my very, very Italian grandmother uh, would watch Dark Shadows with me all the time. Joan Bennett was in that, and she was a badass uh american and so we've got american actors we've got italians we've got germans we've got british actors i believe and so when you have something like that you're gonna have to overdub it you're gonna i keep saying overdub the term is adr um you're gonna have to adr it and so it makes sense it didn't pull me out of it but when it, but it still was just hyper noticeable and it's something i just can't get past and again it's got nothing to do with it being dubbed it's got nothing to do with their mouths moving to like a different um uh to a different language it's the quality of the voice acting and i think that was the big thing is i don't know if jessica harper and joan bennett actually dubbed their own voices over themselves um, but there seems to be a substantial, um, the, the, the level of quality in the voice acting for them seems to be substantially better. Um, the, the, the funny thing is the, uh, the girl that plays, oh, who's the other girl? Tana, Miss Tana or whatever her name is. Um, her name is, I believe, um, um, Alita Vali. Um, really, really, really famous uh, 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 Italian actress uh, from back in the day that my grandmother just loved. My grandmother loved that woman. And um, her, if you go watch Inferno, <laughs> it was really weird watching them back to back because the voice act, <laughs> the voice actress is different. <laughs> so she's got two completely different voices in a <laughs> sequel. But, but yeah, so that was my biggest issue was the overdubbing, but I already knew that was going to be an issue, so it didn't really impact how I felt about it. All right, well, give me your final thoughts and your rating on uh, Suspiria. Uh, Suspiria is a masterclass in art house cinematography, which I didn't really ever think I was going to say. I'm not a big art house fan, um, simply because usually there's pretentiousness in it, but this movie isn't pretentious. Mm -mm. This, movie, this movie is just good cinematography, hyper, hyper stylized cinematography. Um, going into it, knowing that made it a little bit different. Um, the the plot, although the basis of the plot feel, felt a little eh, middle of the road to me, overall, the plot is very fun. 
Um, there is, we didn't even talk about how just the simple aspect of an American girl in a European country on her own already sets the tone of isolation and unease from the very get-go. That says something. The fact that they can accomplish that from the get-go says something. So this movie is a masterclass in so very, very many things that makes a movie so good. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Wow. That's way, I'm gonna get, way higher than I expected you to come in with that. I, 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 I'm, going, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 because at no point in this movie did I go, oh, fucking God, here we go. Like that, that never, that never ever happened. It was just, it was moments of why aren't you running faster? That's a room of barbed wire. What are you doing? Yeah. And why am I seeing the back of the man's head so very often? Well, a lot of that can be chalked up to it being an Italian movie and us being used to Americanized stuff, especially from the seventies. Like I was saying earlier, mm, I'm going to go with Argento's sick days. Shit is different in Italy, especially the way they make movies. Um, if we, yep. if we were to like Everything's really, in Italy. really dive into some giallos and stuff like that, you would really see a lot more of what you're talking about where it's just weird choice on top of weird choice. Um, but that, in my opinion, doesn't bring this movie down. I think that Suspiria is a fucking masterpiece all around. Um, mm -hmm. There are moments, especially on that Blu-ray, where you can see you can see the wires on the bat, um, yep. and you can see the the, the, <laughs> the fattest bat I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> you, uh, I looked at Brittany and I went, "Why is she hitting it? It just wants love." And Brittany went, "That bat does not yeah, want love. It's a literal <laughs> Muppet." Um, it's just, it's so, it's so plump. I just want to like, yeah. oh, yeah. scooch it under the chin. Um, <laughs> there are also moments like at the, when what's her face goes into the hotel at the very beginning and the guy's arm breaks through the thing. You can see him wearing a black bodysuit and like, you can see the curtain that he's sticking his arm out of. And, and there, there's a bunch of stuff like that. When you watch it's a movie 70s. from the seventies in super HD like this, Stuff like that is just going to become apparent, whereas it would have been hidden in film grain and projections and all that other shit for in the 70s. Um, so it's hard to hold stuff like that against it, but it is super noticeable. I think the plot, like you were saying, is um, I think it's secondary to what else he's trying to accomplish in this movie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and that doesn't and that would usually make or break a movie. That's yeah. the crazy thing. Well, And that's the thing. It's like he is saying so much with what, what we always say, the language of film that he's using in this is insane. And he's using so many tricks to tell you shit without just outright telling you shit that it makes up for the, the kind of weakness of the plot. I think that the whole dance studio thing um, and the plot in general is better in the remake. And that's hard for me to say because, because I love the original so much, the remake does a much better job at making a lot of stuff a lot more clear and also really refining, uh, how the occult plays into this whole dance studio thing. Occult. Occult. I, uh, I think that it does kind of feel like a, um, oh, we need a reason for all this to be happening, like secondary dropped in, shoehorned in thing. It does feel that way. 
Um, but I don't think that that brings it down any at all, regardless of like you said, otherwise, if this were any other movie, uh, we'd be, we'd be tearing it apart for stuff like that. But in this, Mm -hmm. it is so strong in literally everything else that it makes up for kind of being weak in other places. Now I am far, like I said before, I am far from an Argento know-it-all. I do not know nearly as much about, Italian cinema and giallos and horror and all that stuff as I do American stuff, because it's just not the thing that I obsessed with growing up. Um, I was really into like, I know a lot about slashers and, and some art house stuff and shit like that. Italian stuff is not generally my bag, although I really love Don't Torture a Duckling, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Deep Red. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff, uh, The Night That Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. There's a bunch of shit like that that I'm really into, but you have to watch stuff like this in a different way, especially when it's this old and especially when it's when it's out of a different country. And so there there's a bunch of shit like that out there that you can you can tear movies apart for, but in Suspiria, the weak links that are in this are not weak enough to bring it down, but the strong stuff is so strong that it that it lifts up any of the weak shit that is in here. I think this is a 10 out of 10. Argento nails it with this movie. And if you haven't seen the original Suspiria, you need to go back and watch it, especially if you like the remake. You really need to go watch the remake. I think you really enjoy it a lot. It is a much different movie, um, but not in a bad way. It's kind of like Maniac. When you watch the original Maniac and the Elijah Wood Maniac, they're very fucking different, but both very good in their own way. And Suspiria is very, very similar in that aspect. So, yeah, Suspiria is a 10 out of 10 for sure. I, I, you know, we we started this off with saying, like, we're not going to talk about whether this movie is worth seeing or not, but see it for real. Go go watch Suspiria if you've never seen it. It is beautiful. And it is like you said, it's a masterclass in filmmaking and cinematography. And despite how you feel about the lighting, lighting as well, and not necessarily the technical aspects of lighting, but the meaning behind the lighting that is in there is insane. And you can really we could sit here and pick apart what blue light. Is it goodness? Is it marked for death? We could sit here and pick that apart for the next 30 fucking minutes and not get anywhere with it because it is so it's so subjective as far as what it means. And that is what makes it good. I really think speaking of the lighting, I really think this was the worst movie possible for me to watch before I go gaff a dark comedy about amateur wrestlers. Yeah, that probably wouldn't work in that setting. (laughs) This is going to be the movie, the last movie I watch before I go gaff this movie tomorrow. And I really am sitting here going, oh, God. Oh, this isn't the reference I should have used. Yeah, you should go watch like Ready to Rumble or something. <laughs> I've got to go. Well, I've got to go watch. I've got to go rewatch The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke now. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys like this, make sure you hit the like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're not know-it-alls in this genre, uh, despite. Oh, we're better than you. <laughs> <laughs> The feelings of Book of Bread are not necessarily the feelings of Mike the Finder. I, They're I, mine! I know people out there that are going to watch this no more than us on, on this movie, so when and if we got some stuff wrong, leave it down in the comments. Uh, as long as you're respectful about it, we will be respectful back. If you're a dick, 
we will be a dick right back to you. I was going to um, say we're going to respond yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're we're not we're not super know it all on this specific genre. So I don't know shit, dude. Like, are you are, are you kidding me? The the Italian movies my grandmother had me watch were Frank Sinatra, fucking and and and, and uh, Alita Valley, I believe. Again, I'm, I'm butchering her name. No, but, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right on that. Let me and Alita Vali, yeah. A-L-I-D-A-V-A-L-L-I. Alita yeah. Vali, yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I I could see why maybe this wasn't on my grandmother's radar. Well, despite how horror fans look at this stuff, this is this was not mainstream Italian cinema whenever it was being made. In the same way that it wasn't mainstream American cinema when slashers were being made. So you know, you got to think of it that way, too. A lot of Italian people don't care about Italian giallos in the same way that, you know, horror fans do. And it's just like any other genre. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I I, I had an uncle that was like just exactly like Rodney Dangerfield, huge <laughs> horror fan. Never heard him brought that bring this name up. Well, I mean, that's fair. This is um, <laughs> Argento's one of those guys. You either know him or you don't. And and generally speaking, I don't think most people know who Argento is. Horror fans obviously do. Uh, cinephiles obviously do. Most normal people have no idea that this movie exists or that the new one was a remake at all. So, um, yeah. So if you guys like this, hit that like button. Thank you for getting all the way to the end of this. If you did, we really appreciate all the new subscribers that have been coming in lately. We've both been sick AF the last week. So yeah. we didn't get a video I, up last week. You can probably still hear it in my voice. Yeah, we didn't get a video up last week because we were both sick and we've both just been super busy. Diablo 4 just fucking dropped too. And it's <laughs> it's just been it's been a whole thing. Yes, that is a legitimate excuse. I am min-maxing Diablo, I, thank you. <laughs> I want to be clear, that's his excuse. <laughs> uh, over the last few days, that's my excuse anyway. Um, min-maxing is hard and it takes time guys. So, okay. Anyway, um, thank you guys for watching and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.